is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is Radioheads. Broadcasting live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now your hosts, Tyler Klutz, Christy Scales, and Brad Sham. Welcome everybody to Radioheads. Happy Columbus Day. Are you allowed to say that anymore? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why would you not? <laughs> It's actually been a topic that uh, yeah. cities are not calling it, like Portland, for example. Sure. A city that will not acknowledge that it is Columbus Day and it is now uh, some native, some sort of Native yeah. American day, and they're not acknowledging anything that Columbus did yeah. or. Because it. There it indigenous is. Indigenous yes. People's I, Day. I, I understand that, that it is also called Indigenous People's Day. Yes. Thank you, Producer Kyle, for whispering in our ear. Uh, is there factual dispute of Christopher Columbus's sailing west when he was trying to go east and landing on these it, shores? It didn't work out too well for the indigenous peoples. It, yeah. No, it didn't. Nonetheless, he's the yeah. one who came here, and it wasn't all his fault, and it's Columbus Day. Yeah, didn't work out too well for the Cowboys this weekend either. <laughs> No, I'm just thinking with Happy week. Columbus Day and Happy Indigenous <laughs> Peoples Day, and uh, everyone, and everyone can go. be honored today. Yes, every well, not everyone, well, because as Christy said, it, things didn't go well, and so, and so I continue to be dazzled. I think I would like to start Tyler Klutz off with this question, having been in as many locker rooms as you've been in. Uh, in three weeks' time. Um, an entire coaching staff has gone from genius to drooling fool. Yeah. E- each and collectively. Yeah. And, and that's um, compounding weekly. Compounding weekly. but and, and so now it gets to the point where if they beat Philadelphia Sunday night, yeah. th- I don't know if that helps very much in, in terms of the public perception, which is why I think – Public perception is a dangerous thing yeah. to dip in. This is me. Yeah, yeah. It's a d- dangerous thing to dip into and maintain any sense of perspective. But that's me. Mm-hmm. You've been in locker rooms. You know yeah. what's going on in there. What do you think? Yeah. So, so in the NFL, as a player, you live one week at a time. I mean that that really is what it is, and you know there's there's usually after a week like this, there's always a Monday hangover, right? Like you feel really bad about yourself, you're really nervous about Tuesday's meetings and being up on the on the screen, and Coach Garrett calling you out, and your coordinator calling you out, but then you move on, and then you move forward. Unfortunately, the fan base they don't have that luxury of moving on that quickly, right? They remember it, uh, and and so. Yes, and and I said that comment earlier, like compounding, like the coaching staff is drooling idiots. But the reality is, is that's the perception. I don't think that there's much different going on in those coaches' meeting rooms as week two and week three when they were all heroes, right? And unfortunately, this league is really hard to win. Um, Things start to go well, and it's contagious to win. Unfortunately, losing is the same. It's contagious. It continues to go. There's momentum on both sides of it. Uh, from the now being on the fan side of this and watching it, 
I get it, right? When I was a player, I, I just I couldn't listen to media. I couldn't. I just all it was was people either jumping on the bandwagon or everybody's against you. It's it's one or the other, and there's no in between. As a, as a fan now, I get it because it's it, it's hard and it's frustrating. And a question that I have for you guys is as I've been thinking about this all day, is okay. You guys have been doing this a long time, and and you guys have have seen a lot of games. You've seen a lot of ups and a lot of downs. How do you continue to stay focused on providing um, uh, content that is factual? Because you guys are at every game. You're watching it. You're seeing it. You're talking to the guys. You have more grasp on reality of what this team is really than anybody in the city outside of those guys in the locker room. Mm-hmm. But how do you continue – and you see dips like this, and you see when it slides down. How do you continue to provide very accurate information? Obviously, you have opinions, and you think – and you can't deny those opinions, but how do you continue to provide information to fans without being like way up or way down and <laughs> well, staying level? That's the thing. We are more information than opinion, especially yeah. from the sideline. I'm mm-hmm. kind of – my tact is I'm the Joe Friday, right? Just the facts, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Uh, because what people – I'm the eyes and ears for Brad and Babe down on the field, thus the eyes and ears for mm-hmm. uh, Cowboys radio fans and listeners. Yeah. And so, for example, I mean, I knew Amari after the second offensive play, the three-yard mm-hmm. catch where he's tackled out of bounds we had it immediately that he was hurt and if you were watching on cbs you didn't have it till 10 minutes left in the second quarter yeah so our thing is to get it as quickly as we can but i think that it has to do you mentioned the word perspective that's the main thing secondly um it's kind of like a player we got to move on and get ready for the next opponent we're going to be start studying uh the eagles and that Mm -hmm. makes it easier because we play the eagles twice a year but finally we we know these coaches, we know these players, we talk to them on a daily basis, and it's, yes, you're friends with them, and it's not so much that with the relationships, but we just have the perspective and understand that you can't be so reactionary, and while you can't make excuses for a team, like multiple injuries and things like that, there are reasons. So that's something that we say a lot on the broadcast. There aren't excuses for what happens in games, but there are reasons, and so I think that what we're trying to do in providing this information is share that same perspective Mm -hmm. uh, so that the fans can have that, yeah. that broad perspective. And that's a good point, I think. And I want to hear your perspective for sure. Uh, but is that the fans and most mainstream media, they have to dwell on it for six days. And they, they have to provide content to talk about it. And it just seems as they continue to talk, they continue to pile on and yeah, pile sure. on and pile on. And which social media gets, doesn't help. No. And, and it's harder for our jobs with social yeah. media because things are so reactionary. But Brad yeah. did baseball, Texas Rangers, mm-hmm. for three years. And there was no, you know, it's every night, right? Six six nights a week. Biggest so you, adjustment yeah. that I had to make, and I, and I had to learn it on the fly, was I, I was accustomed when I started doing the Rangers. I had been working on cowboy broadcasts for 18 years or something like that. So I was accustomed to euphoria mm-hmm. and positive emotion in a win mm-hmm. and complete down in the dumps with a loss. Yeah. And 
I had a little adjustment to make to get used to wiping that slate clean the next day yeah. and the next day and the next day, uh-huh. not to get ready for practice or preparation, but because there's a whole new game yeah. and a whole new set of emotions. Uh, and and it is, it's different. I, I, I would... Um, I would say I would address your question, Tyler, this way. Did, what kinds of questions did I ask you when you were playing here? Uh, a very real questions in that I think it was it was in, it was deeper questions than okay, what's wrong with the offense? Why isn't Scott Linehan calling these plays? I mean, I, I think 2015, right, when more honest questions had to be asked rather than hey, let's just keep, keep building up the good stuff. Um, but I think you asked more people questions. You dove deeper into the and understand how people think, how people operate, as opposed to, okay, why aren't you doing this and why are you doing that? Yeah. One of the things that I have learned is uh, to understand, to know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. There's there, and, and I know Bill Parcells was great at explaining this and vocalizing it, and others have also uh, there's levels of not knowing. Mm-hmm. There's the and and most people don't know what they don't know. Yeah. And then you can, uh, if you're around a while and paying attention, then you can know what you don't know. Yeah. And only when you get to a certain level that I don't think I will ever reach is do you know what you know. Mm. Yeah. And, and so what I've learned over time is that. The thing you think you see in a football play or game is not necessarily what happened. I'll give you a quick story as an example. Mm. I'm doing. We're recording all this, right? Yeah, <laughs> this is gold. And for anybody that's listening, this is show this to your kids, for, for please. Journalism students. I'm out doing there. color analysis with uh-huh. Vern Lundquist. That was the first eight years I was on the broadcast. We have a Monday night game at New England, mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, Grogan was the New England quarterback. Uh, I think he went to Kansas, big, tall, skinny guy. And uh, he threw a deep ball down the left sideline to Russ Francis, the tight end. Mm. Charlie Waters, the strong safety, came running from clear across the field and ran him down after, you know, 45, 50 yards. My eyes tell my brain, tight end, down the sideline, strong safety running across the field. Clearly, the strong safety was in the wrong place, and that's why Russ Francis got free for a big gain. And that's what I said. That was on a Monday night. Charlie clearly could not have heard it because he was on the field. Thursday, in the Cowboys' locker room, uh, Charlie Waters accosted me angrily. Nose to nose. You don't know what you're talking. I said, what the heck are you talking about? You said I wasn't, and that wasn't, you don't even know what defense we were playing, and that wasn't my man. And he was right. Hmm. And I didn't know what, and I didn't even really have a concept of the fact that the call can change. And sometimes there were times in the 70s when Charlie and Cliff Harris were playing together, they would, they would, Tom Landry would send in a defense through Ernie Stockner, the defensive coordinator, and Cliff and Charlie might look at each other and say, let's not do that. You go there and I'll go here. And if they did that in the Super Bowl with Pittsburgh on the play yeah. that uh, on the play that uh, the the uh, umpire screened off Charlie oh, yeah. and Bradshaw through to Franco Harris. Yeah. So the lesson that I learned from that is 
before you start spouting off like you know something, mm-hmm. find out what mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. So one of the things I've learned is that, is that <clears throat> here's another thing, I, an example, I cited this to someone the other day. People love to talk about play calling, still like to talk about yeah. play calling. And fans frequently think there was a game with San Diego at, I think it was Texas State, but it might have been in Arlington. Um, it was the, it was the, I think the week before DeMarcus, the week that DeMarcus Ware got hurt, and then they went to New Orleans the next week on Saturday night. Mm. And uh, Marion Barber was the Cowboys running back, and it was a close game, and they've got first and goal, and they ran Barber into the line. In the same, he went in the same hole three times, yeah, and he didn't get anything. And people screamed, why did you? So my response is, do you really think that the instructions from the coach was, here's what we're doing. You get up there to the ball, and I don't care what the defense is doing. I don't care what else you see. I want you to give the ball to Barber. Romo, I don't care what else you see. I want you to give the ball to Barber. And Barber, I want you to go at right guard. That's the play. Do that three times in a row if you have to. That's not how it works. Mm -hmm. There's five options on every play. And a lot of times, and it happens much more than it did in the 70s and 80s, the quarterback decides yeah. what happened. The play comes in, and the quarterback says, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, And so I'm going to check out of that and do something else. Mm. Now, that means that if you criticize the play calling, you think you know what the play was called. Yeah. Well, you don't know. No clue. The, nobody. The only people who know who were in the game. Mm-hmm. So, so one way that I – and the reason I asked you to begin this incredibly lengthy answer <laughs> – was what kind of questions did I ask you? Was what, one thing I learned to do is uh, is to find out from someone who knows off the record who will tell me what's happening. Yeah, because then I have to be fair and make sure that I don't represent that it's me saying it, but also don't say who told me. But I I know I had the feeling. Uh, for instance, in that year, uh, when when uh, Tony was injured and Brandon Whedon was the quarterback, and it looked like, uh, and as I recall, he had an enormously high completion percentage, but, but seventy-five plus percent, and most yeah. of it was checkdowns and yeah. short stuff. And I mean, if you'd ever seen Brandon Whedon play at Oklahoma State or or even in Cleveland, you knew that he was capable of actually throwing the ball at That's least right. twelve yards. Yes, so. But he was also going to be doing what he was told to do. Mm-hmm. He wasn't secure enough to say at that point he'd been drafted by Cleveland. Cut. He came here. He's going to do what they tell him to do. Yeah. Uh, my feeling from watching that was that his hands were being tied, and he was then taking a beating. You guys lost a game. You were ahead of Atlanta. Uh, then there was a close game with New Orleans. I remember mm-hmm. uh, uh, Damian Wilson missed a tackle yep. and late in the game. That was a and everything went spiraling down from there. So, but still, before I those, pile yeah. on Brandon Whedon, I've got to find out: is it am I crazy, or? And the answer is yes, you're crazy, but that doesn't mean you're wrong in this case. <laughs> am I completely misguided in thinking that? Fill in the blank, and mm-hmm. then and then I ask that question of someone who will tell me the truth, mm-hmm. without fear of being outed. 
so that I can say, look, this is this is what I think is happening. I think that the following is happening. Yeah. So today, you know, it's it's Jason Garrett's fault that they lost the game yesterday, right? It's Jason Garrett's fault. It's Jason Garrett's fault. It's not an excuse, but it's a reason. Like Christy said, yeah. you're down two tackles and your slot receiver. Yeah. And then you lose your best I thought Amari Cooper was going to eat up those cornerbacks all day. Yeah. And to me, the two biggest plays moments in the game were when he got hurt and could not come back in. Now, you don't have Devin Smith up because yeah. you have to have Cedric Wilson up because he backs up Randall Cobb and Cobb's out. Okay. Now, you, have, you can't keep all of everybody up. Mm-hmm. So that, to me, changed. They were probably already probably going to be a little different in the way they attacked with the absence of the two tackles to begin with. It doesn't yeah. make sense that you're going to stand there and throw a bunch of no. five- and seven-step drops and, and the plays that have been successful that take time down the field. That doesn't make sense. No. So let's get the ball out faster, run the ball, shorter drops, that kind of thing. Well, now... You just lost Cooper. And then the next thing I thought that was the huge deal was the 92-yard pass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I, I would have kicked the field goal, but you can – I think it makes sense to say I'm trying to be aggressive. Yeah. Okay. Because had he yeah, done what, that, he'd have been criticized for kicking the field goal and that's not going right. for it. Yeah, and, what, and, what, what did you think when you saw that? When, so, when you I, I'm with it. you. I think you got to take the points. you gotta, you got to shut it down, kick it off, go to the second half. Okay, we're, this game is – it's great. But at the same time, you're not anticipating a 92-year-old Well, that's pass. the thing. He's saying to himself, we're going to go for this. He yeah. probably said to – I'm guessing. I haven't had time to ask anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, he probably said to the play caller, you got two plays. Yeah. So, Kellen, you got two plays. Mm-hmm. And then Kellen decides which two plays. Yeah. And – the thinking that goes in with that is the worst thing that happens is we don't make it and they've got to go 92 yards. Yeah, in that short amount of time. Yeah, and, yeah. and they won't do it. Yeah, you yeah. don't know Cheeto's going to get beat on a double move. So no. the so to get back to your original question yeah. of about a week and a half ago. <laughs> and, I'm telling you, and, like, and, I'm soaking this all in. Yeah, because, here's, here's the play yeah, where Cheeto there's, there's got the beat. Play. And then mm-hmm. I'm not sure about – I haven't gone back and seen the tape yet. I'm not sure about the angle that Jeff – uh, he was just a tick off. I mean, just just and the guy's fast. That's that's yeah. who Robbie yeah. Anderson that's is. That's their mm-hmm. speed guy. Yep. My experience, Tyler, is that you can be critical mm-hmm. if you're fair. Yeah. The and you can get the information. First of all, it can never be personal. Yeah. Uh, and you can even say that was a terrible play. Yeah. You can say that can't happen. You can say that guy missed a tackle terribly. He knows it. Mm-hmm. You don't have. Is it, this isn't. Trust me. New. Nobody. Nobody in the media. Nobody talking about the game is going to make any one of those guys feel any worse than they, they already, already, make, already they all do. Already feel. Yeah. yeah. Right. And one thing I'd like for you to address is the fact that all the people over all the years, all the players and the coaches. They hate losing more than they enjoy winning. That's mm, my perception yeah. for so many of them, at least the the ones that are – well, they're all ultra-competitive, but yes. the best among the best. Yeah, and, and that's and that's it. I mean, the, the competitive level that it takes for these guys to get here. Now, granted, there's maybe 1%, 2% that are just that gifted 
that they just cruise through. I mean, and there's a couple of the guys, and there's been a couple of guys on the rosters here that are that good that they can just show up and be that good. But everyone else has such a competitive edge. Like losing, I still have nightmares about losing and being late to games. Like those are the reoccurring nightmare that I continue to have. Like I can't find my helmet. Like, uh, th- that's ironic. I'm late yeah. for the broadcast. <laughs> I can't find the booth. Yes. Yeah. I'm in, get, I'm in the stadium, I'm but I can't you, find the booth. That's and, and yeah. so I still four year, almost four years out of the game. I still have those because, mm-hmm. like, the biggest fear in me is losing a competitive game like that. Mm-hmm. And that t- I take that over to real estate now, and that still goes with me, and that doesn't die. It looks different. But these guys, I'm telling you, everything that they've invested into this their entire life, the sacrifices that they've put in, like, these hurt. And so as a fan, I'm frustrated. I'm watching. We had a watch party in our office last night, and we had 150 people come to watch the game, and it was it was a lot of fun. But my gosh, like watching that hurts so bad. And I hurt for those. And I'm listening to people talk and make comments and they have the answer to this and they have the answer to that. How do you stay in the room? Uh, it was hard. It was hard. And luckily I had And they're your clients and Woodson. your customers. I know. I, and they're great people. But this is across the board. This isn't unique to just, you know, who the people were no. yesterday. And, and you listen to anything and it's like, okay, to your point, you think that Kellen and Coach Garrett designed these plays to be a one-yard gain, a two-yard gain. You think that that's what it is. And no, and I'm not going to put everything on, okay, hey, Zach, you didn't play up to what you were supposed to do, or Jeff Heath, you didn't do this. Or no, Look, things don't happen exactly how they're supposed to. But to say that it's awful play calling and they're calling the wrong plays, and every play is designed to be a touchdown. Or you're not going to call it. Like it's designed to be successful and accomplish the job, whether it's executed the right way or adjustments are made in the right way. I mean, you got to think. Like, let's just walk through a play, okay? So Kellen is going to call a play, and he's going to look at his sheet on the sideline. By the way, Coach Garrett is not calling plays from the sideline, just so people understand. He's not over there saying, hey, Kellen, hey, you're going to run this play. Okay, now you relay that into Dak. Okay, so Kellen has got a play sheet in the situation that they've prepared all week. So he's got the play sheet. He's looking, okay, this is the best. Okay, I'm going to call this, which has two to three checks out of it that you can either go a run-pass option or you can check the pass to a different route. And that's why you see him doing the signals like, okay, hey, it's the wrong coverage, it's wrong. He's signaling out, changing the play. Okay, so then he gets calls that in, Dak calls it in the huddle. Okay, now they break the huddle, they go, he looks the line. Now he's addressing, okay, what is the defense that they're showing me right now? Okay, so now I've got to look at this defense. Okay, is it cover two? Is it a six-man box? Are they running the over front? Are they running the under front? Um, okay, where, what is now how are they adjusting to this? Okay, does it look like man coverage right now? Okay, now Kellen's offense, we're going to move somebody and we're going to see, okay, now what is the coverage? Are they bumping linebackers to show that it's zone coverage? Are they following them across the formation? Is it man coverage? Okay, is it one high? Is it single high safety or is it two man? What is, what's going on here? Is it cover three? And the other thing that you said is defensive coordinators make their money making defenses look like other defenses. So now, okay, I've gone through all these steps. Now I'm going to check the play, and I'm going to change the routes, or I'm going to change the run. Now the offensive linemen have to coordinate. They have to talk about who the mic is, okay, what the blocking scheme is. The center talks to the guard. The guard talks to the tackle. Tackle talks to the tight end. you got to communicate it to the running back. What's the protection? Where's the mic? Who am I scanning to on the backside? Okay, so now you go through this. This has all happened in a matter of 30 seconds, by the way. Okay, so then you get there, and less, now you have to go yeah. less than 30 seconds. Now you have to go after the play, now you really see what's going to happen. Not this show that the defense has put on. 
Okay, so then now you've got to go execute at full speed against high-paid million-dollar athletes. And it's from you. human beings who are doing it, and sometimes <laughs> not machines. They yeah. make mistakes. So That's we got exactly we got to right. take a break. We're going to come back and talk about some of the specifics of yesterday's game. Yeah. This is uh, Radio Heads with Tyler Klutz and Christy Scales. I'm Brad Sham. We'll be right back. While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Do you want the most interesting, up-to-the-minute Dallas Cowboys news straight from the star in Frisco? How about exclusive and on command? That's right, news and nuggets you can't find anywhere else. With our exclusive Cowboys content on Alexa, you can have all the answers, secrets, stories, and more. What's Stephen Jones thinking during a game? What's Joe Looney's favorite pregame meal? We take your questions to Cowboys players and coaches, and you can hear the answers directly back to you. Just say, Alexa, open Dallas Cowboys. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. The excitement of Dallas Cowboys football is back at AT&T Stadium. The place is going crazy in Arlington, Texas. Don't miss your chance to see the Cowboys live when they host their NFC East rivals, the Eagles, Giants, and Redskins, plus the Green Bay Packers and more. Elliott works his way through and walks the dog. Single-game tickets are on sale now. Get them before they're gone. First and goal, quarterback sneak. Prescott pushes up the middle. Touchdown. Visit DallasCowboys.com to get your tickets to Today. Back to Radioheads. Brad Sham, Christy Scales, Tyler Klotz on Radioheads. Cowboys are three and three. Um, not three and twelve. Three and three. <laughs> you mean the season's not over yet? It's not over oh. yet. It's not the sky over has yet. Fallen. And not only is it not over, but they they technically are in first place in their yeah. division because they've got a better conference record than the team with whom they are tied, which is the team they are playing mm-hmm. Sunday night, the Philadelphia Eagles. And this morning when he addressed the media, Doug Peterson, the Eagles coach. Sounded, what can we say, Christy, confident? Yes, he was on his uh, weekly Monday call-in to the WIP WIP radio in Philadelphia, and this is what he said. I'm Dallas, as it helps. <laughs> you know, because here's the thing. It, it, this is, you know, I know the sky's falling outside. Yes. You know, it, it's, it's falling, and, and I get that, and the fans are, are, are reeling just a little bit, but but you know we, we're going down to Dallas, and our guys are going to be ready to play, and we're going to win that football game. And when we do, we're in first place in the NFC East. We control our own destiny. We're right where we need to be. Has it been perfect or beautiful or all of that? No. But all we got to do is try to be one and zero this week. Beat the Dallas Cowboys. We're in first place. And, and listen, they're 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 reeling too. I mean, they're struggling too. They've dropped their last three games. So uh, this will be uh, this will be an exciting football game. <laughs> and I, I loved it when he said that. Because 
two words popped into my head, game on. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, I gave a little bit of thanks because after a disappointing loss to a previously winless Jets team, I was not looking forward to this week just because everyone was going to be grumpy and not as many players wanting to talk and all that kind of stuff and mad. But it's a little bit of fun to have. Not that uh, you need too much hype heading into a big game Sunday night uh, between these two teams tied for first place, but it's like it added a little spice at the beginning of the week and taking a little bit of the edge off. Not totally off the Jets' loss, but kind of moving the focus forward yeah. a little bit instead of looking back. Yeah, and I'll say this. The the difference between... There's rivalries, right? Rivals, rivalries are real, but it's not like college rivalries, right? So there's division. You understand the importance of divisional games. Like They're really, really important. The emphasis is there. But I will say... There is something extra when we play Philly. And who did Fresno hate? Boise State. But we couldn't beat him. <laughs> That's why you hate Kellen yes. more? No, I do not hate Kellen. <laughs> just when he's wearing blue and orange. Yeah, okay. But there is a little extra yeah. spice. There is like, Dallas and already. And then yeah. something like this, and really like bulletin board material. I mean, here's, here's what I'll say. The comments made by by Doug Peterson, you would only hope that your coach would say those things, right? And believe in it and be confident sure. as you go out there, right? As the opponent, we don't want to hear it. We don't want to hear that noise. Like, But at the same time, bulletin board, you got to be careful what you say sure. because it is going to be blasted all over. Unfortunately, uh, do you remember Chicago 2013? Uh, Joe DiCamillis made some Hollywood comments about the Cowboys, do you remember prior to that game, there's like all oh, bunch of these Hollywood boys from Dallas, and he had just left here, right, and made all these comments about the Cowboys and how we're soft and all those things. Unfortunately, we went up to that freezing cold game and lost. But we were hyped up that week extra just because of those comments that are that are made. So you got to be really careful about it. But at the same time, Philly is always an elevated week. You always you always just have this heightened sense of preparation. Not that there's any less than maybe other weeks, but there's just something. A focus is a little bit, a little bit more refined when you play Philly. So when you look at, uh, I think one statistic I heard today that I, I think this is right, uh, the uh, the Cowboys have to figure out how to get off to better starts because the, even the even the, the games they won, they I think they scored first against Miami, but I know they trailed New York and Washington seven and the Giants and yeah. Washington seven nothing. And I believe it's right that they've not scored a first-half touchdown in any of these three games that they mm-hmm. have lost. Mm-hmm. So when you're an offensive player and you're coming in on Monday and you're looking at the tape, um, what are you expecting to hear? What do you think the approach has got to be to get off to better offensive starts? Yeah, so I think uh, as coaches, as they're approaching it, you've got to be careful in trying to out-coach that. Right, because you're not going to come up with something that's new and different that is going to change this. Right, it's got to be a constant, every day, every meeting. Start fast. That's got to be the theme. We've got to start fast. We've got to start fast. So it's got to be ingrained to when you show up on Sunday, you don't even think about it because that is that has been okay. Every drill we start, the the first two plays that we are worried about executing are going to be perfect. The first two plays, we have to execute those plays because we've got to. We've got to get used to, okay, all right, we change, we change periods. Okay, now we gotta start fast. Okay, we change periods, we gotta start fast. So it's gotta be ingrained all week because in reality, 
the not starting fast thing, it's it's really hard. It's it's hard to say, okay, are you not motivated? Are you not hyped up? Are you not trust me, those guys are on enough caffeine to get them hyped. <laughs> They're hyped up plenty, right? It's it, it's more of okay, execution. We have to execute early and we have to make sure that we're focused on the little things from the first play on. And we can't wait to get that charge of, oh, we gotta get that edge until second half adjustments. Well, such a fine line because in the loss to the Packers, Coach Garrett is like some of our guys were trying to do too much. Yes. And he was talking about yeah. getting out of the gaps yes. and things like that. But it's that focus on execution early and mm-hmm. doing the things right early. And, you know, again, you, you're competing against guys that are coming out with that same mentality. Mm-hmm. But you have to do it better than the guy from across you. And it's one by one. And you can't say, hey, our offense is flat. It's like, no, Travis, you got to be pumped up. Zach, you got to be ready to go. Uh, whoever we have starting at left tackle this week has got to be pumped up. You, know, it, it, you have to be ready to go, but you have to be focused. And again, not doing too much, but doing your job and doing it how you've been coached all week. And one thing that you said triggered a thought in my mind about the way the head coach approaches the team, and we'll take another break and then talk about that. With Tyler Klutz and Christy Scales, I'm Brad Sham. This is Radioheads. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store and learn how to buy one smartphone and get a second one on us. Based on GWS One Score, September 2018. It's time for tailgate with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox? The makers of those crazy protective phone cases? The one and only. They're also wild about protecting parking lot parties from sad drinks. It's why they made Elevation Tumblers. Rumor around the crockpot is they're made from stainless steel with a copper lining to keep temps hot or cold. True. They even come in seven different sizes, up to 64 ounce, the growler. Hmm. I like how Otterbox drinks. I mean, thanks. And that's been tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Check out all the colors and sizes of their elevation tumblers at otterbox.com. A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at stetson.com today. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Back to Radioheads. Welcome back. Brad Sham with Christy Scales and Tyler Klutz. A few more minutes to look back on the Cowboys and the Jets and ahead to the Cowboys and uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. When you look back on the game yesterday as you were watching it with all these clients and people you didn't want to irritate, so... I was I was a bad host. I'll say that, yeah, (laughs) because it was really hard to talk business and then watch the game. What do you? I mean, you do know. Uh, you know the essence of the offense because I mean it's got some of the same yeah. elements. Yeah. You certainly know Jason. 
Um, and as you're watching the offense and the defense, what, what what thoughts were you having? What are you thinking? So so offensively, you know, it's it's hard because I think that right now our offensive line is not the unit, and we've talked about this in the previous weeks. I don't think it's the unit of stability that we're used to. Um, you know, Dak's getting hit way too much right now, um, and he traditionally when he is getting hit a lot. He is a little bit hesitant. There was one play in the end zone where um, it was a stick route, right? So Jason ran a stick in the end zone. Gallup ran a stick in the end zone. A stick is where you run up to the sticks or the end zone, and you turn around and you adjust based off of the coverage. Well, Gallup, had he hit Gallup on time right out of his break, there he he was open. But he hesitated just a little bit and, and missed that throw and it was broken up in the end zone. It's plays like that that I'm just – He's a little bit hesitant because I think that he's thinking about getting hit yeah. more than he should. Yeah, he got he popped was, yesterday a lot. Let me say this. He was an absolute warrior mm-hmm. yesterday. He got hit hard and he got up every time. And I was I was so impressed. And I think I think Cowboys Nation should be really, really impressed and really proud of the performances that he's put up there, especially these last three weeks. It's been under, you know, in adversity. It's been really tough for him. But He's not what he was in those first three weeks. We talked about how crisp the ball was coming off of his hand those first three weeks. It's just not the same as what it was. But I look at the offense, and I look at they're trying to figure out who they are. They don't know. Yes, we know we're supposed to run it. We know we're supposed to this. But then we also want to be this electric, big play type of offense. And they're stuck somewhere in the middle. And I don't think that they've quite figured out exactly who they are. So there's a little bit of hesitation across the board. Defensively. I, it's really tough. It's hard to watch because this is not the defense that we've we've really become accustomed to with Rod Marinelli. A really physical, we're going to come downhill, we're going to hit you in the mouth, we're going to be disruptive, we're always going to be in your face. We haven't seen that. We haven't seen it from our defensive line. We had really big expectations. Robert Quinn has been a good surprise. He's played well. Um, but again, not the disruption on the front line that we're used to. On the linebacker court, that's not the group that we've watched the last two years. In last year, especially, so uh, there's something going on, and I don't know what. And I'm not inside that locker room, but I think that um, we, we need, you know, we need a guy like Sean um, to really kind of pull those guys, pull those guys aside, and re- hit the reset button. Guys, look, don't think about it. Stop worrying about what's going on, how we're playing, all this. Let's go back to being who we are, the athletes that we are, the. Uh, the aggressive players that we are, and let's just go be us, and then go play that way. And then from a secondary, I think you know there's been some guys subbing in and out. I think that we're, you know, there's there's been really critical of those guys, especially this last week. There were some broken coverages, there were some things, and then tackles like yeah, uncharacteristic missed tackles. Right. tackles. We're on the offensive side of the ball, we're not breaking tackles. So defensively, we're missing tackles. Offensively, we're not. And I'm going to say this, and I think still Zeke is one of the best running backs in the game, but he got paid to make ha- plays happen. And I have not seen him run through tackles like we've seen him do in the past. Yeah. The yards after contact the last two weeks yeah. has been, and again, I don't want to be de- critical. Defic- he's, no, he's, he's, he's great. And not just him. I mean, overall, Yes, but you know, when you don't have Randall Cobb out there, he's yeah. a guy who, you know, right. makes a lot of yards after contact and yeah. things like that. But that's, what's so frustrating. And we were talking about it towards the end of the broadcast and, 
the previous two weeks against the Saints and the Packers, both losses, you could say, move the ball at will, it was turnovers. Yeah. Yesterday, the Cowboys won a turnover battle. Yeah. Yesterday, the uh, defense held the Jets to 20% third down conversions, while the Cowboy offense was well over 50%. All of these things that you look and you say, well, how do you lose the game? Mm-hmm. Well, it was the lack of execution. It was the few missed tackles. It was the one big, you know, mm-hmm. not just the one big play, but the 92-yarder. Yeah, the, Sam, the, Dar- Sam Darnold put it on the money. Yeah, the 33-yard <laughs> or whatever it was that they gave up to Crowder yeah. in that, that last score, yes, that was a that was, big play. That, was big. that might have been the field yeah, goal. The right. defen- yeah, the defense didn't get the stops when they need them. And yeah. so the other thing, the last one will be um, the, the populace wants – to well, I don't think they want it anymore. But I think that people want to see Jason Garrett come out drooling and breathing fire. Yeah, and uh, that's not him. And we were just talking during the break. But I I think one of his strengths is his consistency. Yeah. He believes in it. And people, the Jason Garrett the players see on Saturday night and in practice and in meetings, it's not the guy you see in the no. press conferences. Tell no. tell him. And then what do you think of? Consistency no. from a head coach. Yeah. So, so we'll start with Jason. Jason uh, is as passionate of a coach as as I've played for. Um, I've played for guys like Lovey, who's very level headed all the time. You don't hear him very Tony Dungy, right? Obviously, you learned under him. But of all the coaches that I've played for, Coach Garrett is probably the most passionate. Now, he is very, very calculated when he's in front of the media and he's presenting to the public. And he does that specifically, right? Because he does not need to to start any more sense of panic uh, than than we already create ourselves, right? On on this side of the on this side of the locker room. But at the consistency aspect, you think about it, and I heard them talk about this on the fan this morning, talking about the best coaches that we in the game, right? Is is Nick Saban highly emotional? Is Bill Belichick highly emotional? Uh, what are the What are the coaches that you can think of right that are successful? Rex Ryan, he's now he's, a broadcaster, right? You know the guys that that have been highly emotional guys, ups and downs. The thing that players need players need consistency because this game already has a ton of ups and downs. But if you're now riding the coattails of your head coach that has a lot of ups and downs, that's not sustainable to have that high level of emotional um, of emotional guessing. Right? You have no idea what he's going to be that day. You cannot maintain that. So what he's providing, and honestly, it's intentional. So for him just to say that's who he is, that's no. He actively practices being consistent. He actively practices all these things, which is much harder to do than to just go let your emotions rage and flare. That's what the position coaches are for. That's what they do. But the head coach, he has to be a stable, stable image that the guys look at and say, okay, we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. Yes, he's critical. He's pointing things out. But we're going to be fine because he has not deviated from the path that we have all set our sights on at the beginning of the year. That's Tyler Klutz uh, with Christy Scales. I'm Brad Sham. Cowboys and the Jets is history. Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles coming up Sunday night at AT AT&T Stadium at 725. And we'll talk about it with you next Monday afternoon on Radioheads. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?